to the Resourced Woman Podcast, where we are weaving story and wisdom in and around what it is to be connected to self and the earth by being resourced within. I am Bryony Montgomery, mama of four, body worker, coach, healer, teacher, writer, and founder of The Mother Way, a pathway of healing I created for women who are ready to activate their power by healing their mother wound personally, culturally and globally, resourcing themselves within and deeply rooting themselves in belonging. And today I'm here with Renee Longworth. And Renee is a qualified feng shui consultant, geomancer, energetic healing practitioner and meditation facilitator and has been assisting families and business women to shift into positive change for over a decade. Renee is also the creator of Return Home, an online course that assists you to come back to you with feng shui and home harmony. Renee loves working with female entrepreneurs, helping them highlight ways they can enhance their spaces in order to support their business and creativity and also works one-on-one with them to energetically clear sabotage patterns, making it easier to reach desired goals and dreams. Renee also works with families who are going through transitions like blended families, settling in new locations and or grief and trauma and assists with helping them to heal as a unit and create a home that they can truly flourish in. Renee loves nothing more than to witness and support people to connect with their sacred spaces within and without. She is also a mama of two boys and an artist. And I'm so excited to be sharing this space today with Renee. So welcome. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me here. I have so, I've just, um, Loved your and loved your work for so many years. I'm going you know, even ten years, like ten yeah, years. Discovered well. <laughs> your work, and I've always been inspired by what you do and what you put out into the world, and how uh, you radiate uh, this uh, authentic and grounded sense of who you are, but also the work and the healing that you bring through for others. And I'm always drawn to the to the way that you're very grounded in that, in, in the way that you present and in the way that you make feng shui and energy work and symbolism and, and even the geomancy really tangible and easy for others to understand who haven't necessarily been, you know, learnt those kind of modalities or they've got a curiosity and you kind of really make it really clear in a very non not in a confronting way, in a really open and vulnerable and 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 um, and grounded way. I love like I love that you the work that you do with your with creating spaces. You know that in the idea that you've um, uh, that I read and that you always promote that your inside of yourself, your internal space reflects your external environment and I can really relate to that through my own work and I really love how you uh, really you know show people and how that reflects so I'd love you to tell 
me how, tell us how you came to this work and was there an aha or a cha-ching moment that led you to become, you know, a feng shui energy healing practitioner and geomancer? Yeah. Okay. So it's been a bit like, thank you for that. Like, I'm so glad that how I'm being portrayed is actually... (laughs) what I'm trying to project as well. Um, so it's great that it's actually, I'm achieving that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, look, how I came a feng shui consultant, there's, there was many steps to that. So um, I first became an energetic healing practitioner um, and I studied quite intensely for three years full time. And then from that, I then started working in clinic spaces and Um, once I had my second son, I then had the opportunity to come back into practice um, and have my own clinic. So I followed it. I followed that gut instinct of, right, I've got this great opportunity. Um, This location has popped up. It seemed like the perfect place, the perfect scenario. And so I took it and I ran with it. And I set that clinic up like to my most beautiful surrounding um, how I wanted to set it up and how I felt reflected me and my taste and what I wanted to create as a sacred space for my clients and so I went to town like I did all the flooring myself you know I painted all the colors that I wanted and I really created this really beautiful beautiful looking, should I say, space. And prior to coming to this clinic, I, you know, I started building up a really lovely client base. I started to know other practitioners around our area. Um, I was really busy with workshops and classes I was running. And then I came to this space, put all my heart and soul and and really um, blood, sweat and tears And then within probably about three months of being in that space, everything started to go a little bit odd. Like (laughs) there was a, I started not having clients coming to see me. Um, Practitioners that said that they would love to rent out the space, which would actually support a lot of my expenses while um, working from there. They would come and then they would say how much they loved it, but yet would never um, go ahead with renting the space. I even had practitioners just no show me when they said they were coming to look at it. I had quite toxic energy on either side of it. It was like a shop front um, on, on a main street in a suburb and on either side of me, there was issues with the neighbours and um, just really weird things. Like the real estate agent was really horrible and they weren't, they were actually a bit dodgy, financially dodgy. (laughs) So like, (laughs) and then I started to feel I could, once I became aware of what was going on, I also started to feel a little bit paranoid while I was in that space. And I felt totally unmotivated and I started to notice how I would, wouldn't be sitting in the common entrance way that I started to actually lock myself away in this room at the back, the, the healing space. And 
So I started to do energy clearing work on it. But whatever I was doing, it just didn't shift it. And I was doing all the things that I thought I would do, should be doing in a, in a business, like sending emails and keeping connected to my clients and advertising in the local area that I'd opened, like all the normal business stuff that you're told to market your business I was doing. And this space just went from bad to worse. And I'm a bit of a, you know, dog with a bone when it comes to this sort of stuff. I wanted to find out why. Like I love patterns and behavioural patterns and energetic patterns and I really wanted to know, like, why has why is this occurring? I've done all the right things. This space looks beautiful. You know, it's in a in a, um, a business district. It's you know, I'm marketing and everything that I should be doing. And it got to the point where I started reading book, reading feng shui, and I just became really confused. And like this, there's. I still don't understand it. So I went to study it. <laughs> so by the time I got to the end of the lease, I was only there for like a year. Um, and by the end of it, I was, I was fed up. I was feeling like even thinking about it now and thinking about that space, I felt sick, like energetically sick. Um, and I got to the part of my course that I started to understand the energetic patterns of a space and it wasn't until I had already packed up all my stuff I was closing the doors of this clinic and then I got that aha yes I found the next um, puzzle like piece to the puzzle as to what was going on with that space and it just once I found out all of this and I found out um, and learned about the energetics of spaces then I've just like okay like this yes we're energy beings and we're individual energy beings we are also part of our environment of course that's going to affect the way we function and our behaviors and other people's behaviors and what we attract into our life so it, to me it's like feng shui is like then the third part of who we are, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, so that's how I came to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that through, through energy healing, through my own, you know, uh, studying and learning, that you can walk into a space and feel the energy of a space. And I could kind of, when I was learning energy healing, I could kind of feel that that was enhanced and directed. Um, but you know, it's still different to feng shui. Like I know a little bit about feng shui. I haven't studied it uh, only through a practitioner I, I knew many, many years ago. Um, but it is different because you're, you're really, you know, the, what, what I see with what you're, what you're doing and what you're showing and teaching is it's very specific to even just on the land that you're on too, like the former yeah. in the land as well. And so it takes it to a whole different whole different yeah. yeah and look there's also many levels of energy to one space it's just like us you know we are multi-layered and leveled um, we have our energy systems you know organs physical systems emotional systems um, 
and our space, our home, the land we're on, there's all different levels of energy. So the work that I do with geomancy and land and historical trauma or um, geological fault lines and, and the resonance that could be created from geopathic stress, that's completely different to the energy that I work with that's actually contained within the four walls of our home. Mm -hmm. That's a different level of reading into what that is. So um, that's why I personally feel like it's important to work with all the levels and layers of our space um, because it won't be any one thing. <laughs> it's never one thing. So it's like, you know, a cold. If you have a cold, you don't just give yourself some vitamin C and how you, you know, there you go. You, you look at all the aspects of that. And it's the same with spaces and homes. Yeah, I can kind of see as you're, as you're painting that picture, you know, the earth, you know, being the human, one human body and all those different organs and um, the dis-ease or the imbalances having an impact on other parts of that body as in the in the human uh, in the in the um in the earth so i can really yeah that, that's right the geomancy and and the and the um the land work that you're doing as well as the fen i can see that they're very different but very complementary together in really moving people into a more uh, you know from like you've mentioned from that stuck place yeah. in flow and, absolutely yeah and like um if someone comes to me and they're they want to make a decision of, you know, if they can't have both the services of a geomancy or feng shui, which would you um, choose? I always say geomancy because the resonance that we live on um, and if there's any geopathic stress that we're in, that is going to impact the chi that's coming into our homes. So regardless of how many feng shui cures or regardless of how many um, things that we do on a feng shui level to remedy that internal chi um, within the four walls. Uh, if we're living on geopathic stress, if the stress of our site is heightened, then it's going to impact whatever's happening regardless of whether you've done really good feng shui or not. <laughs> like if you, you've... Um, gone down to every detail of what to do in your home according to feng shui it will still be impact impacted by geopathic stress regardless it's like the geopathic stress is like the foundation like the roots of the tree and you've got to yeah. have those yeah nourished in order for the tree to, to grow, grow well yeah it can still grow right that tree can still grow but is it growing with disease or is it growing you know um, on a slant or, you know, how strong is that tree? Mm, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. You know that you'd always be an energy healer. Like I know that you've often uh, shared, you know, uh, that you've had um, interesting experiences as a child uh, with the spirit world. Did you know that you would, you would be following this pathway or was it something that you kind of, yeah, it's, yeah, I have, like, I have had, my childhood was um, 
uh, I always had spirits come into my room and it was either regarded as night terrors or, um, you know, my imagination or a dream. As an adult, I can stand back from that now and go, no, that was different realms of reality that I was had access to. Um, and, you know, that was... I believe that was brought on by childhood trauma of um, losing my father um, tragically when I was very young. Um, and so for me that sort of opened up that, you know, you, ha you have those wounds or traumas that open up you, you energetically to spaces <laughs> basically. And so I always went down like this... This went into my adulthood. It wasn't just a childhood thing. It, it filtered into my adulthood and I needed to understand why because, you know, I was going to places and I was sleeping in these areas when I was travelling and I was, you know, sometimes being bombarded by spirits or energies and um, not having any idea how to cope with that. So uh, when I came back to Australia... Um, in my late 20s, 30s, um, I was actually in an abusive relationship and it wasn't until after I left that it really, it really made me want to pursue something that I love because I felt like I hadn't been able to do that. <laughs> I hadn't actually been able to like the things that I, I actually did like. <laughs> So I consciously pursued things that um, created more meaning in my life, I guess, and helped me to understand myself better. So that's how I came to energy healing. And also, like, I was working in the health food industry, so I was working in a shop, and I had no idea that there was anything that was energetic healing. Like you could go to a school and practice it. Like, really? Can you actually do that? <laughs> I had no idea until one of the um, my co-workers was doing the course and I'm like, oh, my God, I, that will answer so many of my questions <laughs> about my experiences. I have to do that. So that's how I came to energy work. And it was like, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like, you know, it was my own therapy as well like to overcome the grief that I had throughout my entire life like I grew up just in grief and not knowing how to manage that or yeah see that in an adult with adult eyes so that was almost like my therapy as well like coming out of an abusive relationship and through childhood trauma so it was like a little package for me. <laughs> I got you really, um, that was the, 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 you know, the before stepping into learning energy healing, there was like a spark there, like a calling, like a, a deep, you know, when I work with women, it's, you know, finding that inner spark, that inner flame, that's often just simmering, that's been diminished or extinguished through trauma or experiences or situations mm -hmm. Uh, and they, they come to a place where they, they know there's something more or they want to pursue something that their soul is calling to them to pursue. And they, they arrive with this very 
you know, smoky kind of almost embery like fire in them and getting them stoked in that fire, getting that passion, that creativity mm. in their bodies. Would you say that, that, you know, before, you know, the longing that you had before you stepped into energy healing, that was where you started to tap into your intuition and the longing and the resilience and like the, the source, like connecting to something other than yourself that was leading you into exploring those parts that had been filled with grief or been exiled or lost. Yeah. So there's, there's a few things that I could sort of come out of that to sort of clarify how that came about. I guess um, for me, there's, there was always a longing um, with, connection to spirit always because of that loss of my father I always lot there was like this deep yearning to connect so um that's why I feel like I always could feel and sense energies um around me so that was always there but the grief and the trauma sort of kept me back a little bit um, it was it was just too intense, but also in the relationship that I was in, um, because it was abusive, I actually my inner self would wake me up in the middle of the night. I actually had like I would wake up and I'd have this voice going, "This is not right. You're an independent woman. What's going on?" Like constantly telling me it was a constant chatter and it would literally wake me up in the middle of the night tell me almost like get out what are you doing you got to get out of here this is not you this is not right it's so far removed from who you are um you you need to get out of here like that's that's what actually um propelled me the most to to literally leave that because it was Obviously, it was quite toxic, but it was that mental chatter. (laughs) And uh, one of the really telling moments was I was living with the partner at the time and another woman as a flatmate. And she told, she asked me whether I was in an abusive relationship. And I said, yes, and thinking that she would actually help me. Um, and you know, there's someone here listening and she's female and you know, she's going to assist me in some way because I was that helpless at that time or I felt I was, but one day, um, I started to become gaslighted by not only my partner, but by this female housemate as well. And there was a moment in time that I truly thought I was going mentally crazy because I had this outside reflection of people literally pretending like I didn't exist in in within the home um, and at night time my inner self telling me this is not right <laughs> so there was that mismatch of external um, sources telling me one thing and like my own knowingness and my own internal 
self like just screaming at me every night basically which I I'm so thankful for because you know I just packed my bags and left one morning (laughs) just like I was out of there but um yeah so that sparked it and then it really made me uh reflect upon what is so important with myself and to connect back into what actually lights me up because it had been dampened for quite a few years (laughs) I mean that's incredible story of resilience of immobilizing resilience without even really being conscious because resilience is an energy in itself that we can all tap into that's always around us all the time and as my teacher Shamali has said you know resilience grows the trees and grow you know the sun the sun rises with resilience and sets every day. And so it's an energy that we can tap into all the time. And so your story is amazing because it shows how that energy of resilience that was in you, that was waking you up in the middle of the night, you know, and, and how you immobilize that to move you and save yourself essentially out of a situation that was toxic and, Mm -hmm. and abusive. So, wow. Mm. yeah I was just like thank god for those little voices or like loud screaming voices should I say in the middle of the night yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to um touch on how um does the work that you do offer a pathway into feeling resourced within or connected for the listener or any person any any woman or person that's coming to to looking at doing um, energy work or, you know, geomancy or, or, or feng shui and, and what you offer and, and, and what, you know, what would be um, a pathway into them feeling that they're resourced, that they're tapped into their intuition and their resilience and, you know, their inner knowingness. So I've just launched a new course and this is what I teach. So um, ha- um, like feng shui is not just moving furniture around the house. It's, it's looking at your home and your floor plan and your external self and how that actually reflects your patterns. And once you start to understand the symbology of your space, you can understand the patterns within yourself and the dynamics of whoever you're living with. So being able to use your external surroundings in a really practical ways like we can literally pick up our symbology rather than you know uh see i don't know see a um symbol in meditation you literally picking them up in a physical form because everything that's outside of yourself and you have control over to a certain extent like your home and your furniture, they are physical extensions of yourself. And that's all of your past choices. So if you look at everything that you have in your home, that's your past, that's your patterns, that's everything that you have consciously chosen for yourself, whether you know or subconsciously chosen it for yourself. <laughs> you may not be aware that you've done that on on purpose so um once you start learning the symbology of your space and and what it means and uh then you're actually working 
with your internal patterns. Whenever you're working externally, you're working internally and vice versa. You, I don't know whether you've ever noticed, like I go and see an uh, uh, acupuncturist quite regularly um, and I do notice I, I get liver chi stagnation. So that's the stagnation. We're just like stagnation. Every time I go and see the, um, the acupuncturist and she starts shifting the energy for me, I, I seem to always start to do clearing on my house afterwards as well. So it means that, you know, we work and play within these realms of how, um, yes, your home is, has its own identity and its own entity and so do we. But there's this amazing play that we have with our space that we reflect our space, um, but our space also reflects us. And we have these, um, these choices and this power to actually change our spaces, to reflect what we want to feel inside. Um, and also, it's not only, you know, those physical aspects of our home, but I also teach how using your home and the energetics of the space, um, you can tap into you, <laughs> like easier than, um, you know, locating areas of your home that's energetically balanced in order for you to then use that space to be able to meditate and go within without any external stresses, like geopathic stress that can actually create disruption within your own energy, mental thought patterns, emotional patterns, things like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of my home going, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> going, yeah, 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 everything. Yeah, I know this. And, yeah, that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can imagine I'd like you to speak to, you know, is it easier for women uh, it, you know, to look in their home first instead of going straight into themselves? Is it like a little, it's a little bit easier for some to start there? Yeah, especially if, um, if you're like a high uh, mental intellect person, <laughs> some people find it really super difficult to like to sit in meditation or to actually um, gain those insights of self-awareness because they're so in their head their mental chatter they're an intellect maybe their work is very um head dominated <laughs> like, um, so working with your physical aspects of yourself including your external physical areas then it actually creates that connection between the physical um, and the internal. So when you are aware of what, say, a bedroom means um, on one level, then working with your bedroom space can actually bring that awareness to um, what you're working internally. So a bedroom just generally is all about our relationships and health. So if you want to work with your relationship, your intimate relationship with your spouse, then creating bedrooms to reflect what you actually really want actually enhances that within your own life, but also 
starts to get you aware of, you know, where does this sit within my own, you know, my values and um, my patterns in relationships. Yeah, I find it fascinating. I'm just finding everything is saying really fascinating and really can see, as I said, like in my own environment where I'm the air energy because I've always been very focused on my environment and my space and just the last, you know, kind of, well, since we've moved 12 months ago, things it have slipped a little bit. So I can feel really, you know, how, and I'm reminded again at the importance of that, you know, that external environment uh, supporting me in my internal landscape and my relationships. So, yeah, I can, yeah, I find it really amazing. Mm. As as a mum, because, you know, being being an energy healer, practitioner and, you know, I mean, an entrepreneur, uh, running a business and doing, you know, the work that you do with the Feng Shui and Geomancy and now Course, and a wife, it's, I know it's challenging. Like I straddle, you know, between mama and family and then the work and then it comes a point that you can't kind of keep the two separate, you know, like if you're going to be grounded and make some real uh, transformation in the world, you've got to, they've got to be both rooted in together. And I'd love to know how you weave what you do into your everyday as a mummer and, and, and a partner or, you know, and in your relationships and in practical, you know, even, I mean, I often make lots of mistakes. <laughs> it's a lot of trial and error, which I like doing because it's quite funny. My kids are <laughs> a bit wacko. Um, even, you know, like, yeah, how do you weave it in and how do you kind of readjust things when things, when, when things just, kind of a little bit too woo-woo, which they can do. Like, you know, they can look at you going, what? Where have you come from? How do you, yeah, how do you brace that? How do you straddle that? How do you move with that? Mm, I am not perfect. (laughs) No one is perfect. I get cranky at my kids too. (laughs) I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Doesn't matter how much feng shui and geomancy that you do, you know, things still are challenging sometimes. So uh, there's lots of different ways and it can be really woo-woo. Like my partner, he, he, he trusts me and he totally believes everything that I do, but he doesn't necessarily need to, needs to be in that world for him. So, um, if anything's happening in his work or anything like that, I, I do clearings <laughs> for him and I tell him and he'll go, yeah, good. And, um, <laughs> and uh, but he will also relay, you know, what's occurred after. So he really does believe in it, but he doesn't get into the detail, if that makes sense. And I tell him where he should be sitting and what he should be doing <laughs> in his space a little bit. Um, secret squirrel <laughs> don't always tell because he works with other people so like yeah just do this <laughs> um, so I sort of I, I work with him and his business in that way uh, with the kids I always ensure that we're you know what kids are like with clutter and their stuff so 
you know, we fluctuate. I allow there to be fluctuations. Nothing's going to be perfect. No home is perfect. No feng shui of a space is perfect. Your home has its challenges and it's in your floor plan. I can see what they are <laughs> if I get to look at it. Um, nothing is perfect. No home is perfectly feng shui. It's just impossible. So what that tells me is that our life is not meant to be in perfect static state all the time. Allow yourself to go with the ebbs and flows of your family life. Um, so with the house, um, with the boys' bedroom in particular, because clutter, you know, can impact kids, they can handle clutter a little bit more than adults purely because they're always, you know, they're super creative and they're always in that self-development stage. But also it can impact or um, compound any sort of challenges that they may be having anyway. So ensuring that we go through fluctuations of decluttering their room, keeping it in order um, and clearing stuff. So my kids sometimes also picks up energy from school um, and we clear them and they're quite open to it. So we've been doing this for really like since they were born. So um, I've been doing this. I was a practitioner before they were born. So uh, they're quite aware of my woo-woo-ness uh, and they, they love it too. So I'm, I'm also a practitioner of bushflower essences and I've got the kit here and whenever they're feeling out of whack or we just go, all right, choose an essence and they get to choose it um not you know and then we talk about what that means or how it could be coming up or we don't sometimes they just go yeah right and they go off and play so um there's that sort of scenario we've changed bedrooms to um enhance our uh support our health and relationships um and, yeah, so I feng shui our house and I do geomancy and I do clearings on our house and mm, lots of different things, <laughs> lots of different things. Um, I work from home, so I always hear, I've always got my tools at hand. So, yeah. And I also, you know, my mum, my I make sure I've moved her out of her bedroom, which was like in the sickness star. So I'm like, you're not sleeping there, mum. You have to use the other room. <laughs> so the things like that, you know. Yeah, because life is, you know, I think, you know, when we come to, you know, when you come to doing some kind of energy work or meditation or some sort of esoteric teaching, you're drawn to that. I, there's some, there can be, which what I had and what I'm very uh, conscious of, that there's this illusion or idea that we can meditate or we can spiritual do spiritual practices to move ourselves into different people or to move ourselves into a different state of being like more calm as women and more zen like and that's kind of not the case it's not been the reality for me and a lot of the women practitioners that i know in the, in doing whether it's meditational practice embodiment practice but also energy work 
and that life is messy, that's kind of that's kind of the crux of it. You don't this work teaches you, gives you tools to meet life as it is in who you are. And that's what uh, you know, it's what I really love about your sharing as you know, what you're sharing about how you move with it in your day to day. Because it's not that it takes you away from the reality or puts you in a meditating monk position on a on a on a mountain. You're doing which is valid, but you're doing work on a day-to-day, very practical level as a woman uh, with, you know, working with others, but also growing her children and her relationship and family with a rooted sense of uh, practical tools for supporting themselves and a rooted, more rooted sense of who they are as opposed to moving themselves out of that that I, you know, trying to shape themselves into something a little bit different. Yeah, or, or perfectionism. Perfectionism is <laughs> a big one. Yeah. yeah. Like to be the, the ideal woman, partner, mother, you know, it's acceptance of self. Like you should see my bedroom right now. <laughs> like it's a mess. <laughs> you know, I've got clothes there some from when we went away last weekend. <laughs> like I haven't, I'm not perfect. I know it's there. My awareness is I know it's there. I'm not going to stress myself out to have that perfect bedroom just because I'm a feng shui consultant. It doesn't mean that I have to, that's stress within itself, right? We don't want to be creating stress just to try and to find the perfection. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So it's like I'm super busy with what I'm doing at work. That's just, you know, that's not the priority right now. (laughs) It's just recovering perfectionism, like that idea that everything and that idea that there's superwoman and the image of mother who is just idealised in the culture and the globe and it's a commodity and it's marketed as this kind of image uh, when it's just so removed from the actual reality. I mean, I hate housework. I hate it with a passion. And so I do it and I do it, you know, I have my sister living with, with, with us for the last 12 months and so she helped with the kids, which has just been amazing. Um, you just, you can't do it all on your own. She does the housework for me, you know, because I just can't physically do it and I don't like to do it. I'm just, you know, and I just, you know, you're right. Like I'm it's patient. just prioritise what's really important you're yep. aware of the other stuff and you just cut yourself some slack. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, there's feng shui, there's this belief that feng shui is like the most minimalist zen um, practice that you have to achieve. And if you don't achieve that, then, you know, it's not feng shui or it's not, perfection um but that's that's not the reality i mean and feng shui was actually um created through a need from the emperors you know (laughs) the emperors actually employed feng shui masters to build their cities and build their empire so they can then reign over the land uh and then that's sort of filtered down through centuries 
to your home life and home life isn't like a palace. <laughs> it's not to take over and command space and land over others. <laughs> it's not. So, and also in ancient China, we didn't have wet rooms and bathrooms and, you know, laundries internally inside the house and just simply by having them in our home actually creates a lot of the challenges within the chi and the energy of our sites. So it's like, it's not supposed to be like that. It's, it's having a relationship with your space. So it's like a patriarchy, a patriarchal system of how fen, that feng shui has been created. Mm. And now, you know, and you've, uh, you know, adopted it, practicing it in more of a feminine, grounded, practical, creative, almost creative, like with the energies actually flowing through and it has adapted the actual teachings to be more relevant and attainable like now in life. Absolutely. And, you know, with feng shui and Chinese astrology, we're all in these cycles and it's not just one cycle. Like um, I think there's this view that there's only one cycle that we're ever in. There's only one house that we embody. So it only has one layer of energy. It's not, it's so dynamic and it's so like creative, like you were saying, but there's so many levels of cycles that we're in and in at this actual moment in time where in all of these cycles are coming to the end and we're in this transition on all different levels. Um, so we're in this really very dynamic, very new energy um, and we're all trying to get through it the best way we can. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like and the energies within your home changes every 20 years. And then you also have um, every 60 years you have another cycle and every three years you have another cycle and every uh, year, month, hour, it's constantly different energies coming in and out of our home and, and planetary-wise. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know about the 20. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So we're actually we're coming at... Uh, 2024 is the end of a 20-year cycle. So it's major. And, you know, cycles aren't cut and dry. We start to feel the end of a cycle and the beginning of a new cycle at least a year to two years before it actually ends, maybe even three years because what are we now? 2020. So this age of eight, um, which is the trigram of the mountain, so we're in mountain energy. So if you consider that mountain energy, and we're at the end of the cycle, so it will end in 2023 and our new cycle comes in in 2024. That mountain is stability. So at the end of a cycle, um, whatever isn't in alignment with that cycle will be like trying to squeeze it in by the end of the cycle the new one comes so that it's that stability it's internally referenced it's internally governed um how we are coming back to ourselves and not being influenced so much by the outside world and really learning how whatever is not in alignment with ourselves we either 
it will either be forced upon us um, because we have to, because it's, that's the cycle, um, or we change with it and we allow it to drop away. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, there's been what's happening in this last year and, you know, when I was tuning into the energy these last few years and I used to do monthly uh, distant healing, uh, to, you know, to, for, for people and every time, you know, for the last two years, it's been really strong. Get congruent. Get your ducks in line. Get really clear. Get rooted in. Like, and it just, and I kind of was going, like, it can't be the same. It sort of had the same really strong energy. And I kind of, kind of thought, no, like, I just knew that that, you know, that something big was coming. Every mm. year was rolling in and it wasn't the energy for at least the last five years hasn't been letting up. And, I've just been, okay, just get grounded, just get really clear, just, you know. So it's been really interesting. And you sharing that makes it a lot of sense because globally what's happening with the pandemic, but also with how many elections and how much yeah. unrest in the world there is and it, with the BIPOC movement and even with women, like there's a lot of women who are just starting to sprout through yeah. and really raw with their voices you know with things that they probably have tempered with for so long uh, so it feels like the final hour <laughs> in something that's revol revolutionary in our evolution and it is <laughs> like we have never like my teacher my chinese astrology teacher has said us as a humanity has never gone, undergone this type of transformation through this, this cycle ever before. It's where we cannot rely on external governments anymore. We have to rely on internal ones. Um, and so we're going into now age nine, which is like a transitional 20-year um, cycle. It's the end of the nine cycles, but it's not really regarded as um, an ending. It's regarded more as a transitional cycle, whereas the age eight that we're in now to 2024, that's the end of the cycle of that 160-year cycle. So, um, like, there are all so many cycles. <laughs> it's so fascinating. Um, so... Uh, this age nine cycle that's coming up uh, that will start to actually, we're starting to see come into play now is the fire element. And the fire element's all about, you know, heart-centred mainly, uh, following your passion, but it's also spiritual energetic energy. You know, fire element is the only element that is not grounded on earth it has to have something else for it to source um, from to um, for it to be alive so it uh, reflects that spiritual aspect of ourselves and getting connected spiritually and also but high tech so this is where we're getting all this really high tech stuff you know everyone's connecting but it's through zoom and it's through yeah, you know, really high tech, different things are going to be coming about, um, different technology in order for everyone to still stay connected. But everything will become more energetic. So energy healing um, 
relying on our own intuition is going to be even heightened even more and more well accepted, which is yay at last. I mean, I was doing this when I was, you know, 15, 18 years ago, you're a bit weird, a bit strange. And now people are talking about their energetic healers or their energy healers or their spiritual teacher, you know, like people I would never have thought, which I'm, really glad really mm. glad. but um yeah that resource that resourcing within that's what i'm feeling too which is you know why this podcast is birthing right now is that inner that inner uh knowing that intuition that resilience that sense of who you are because i you know i can see that that external resourcing in governments and organizations and globe and our and even our bloodline even our family even our mm. parents our communities around us but that's all starting to fall away as and we're being asked to sit and even with the pandemic like everything shutting down to sit still and be with who we are and start to reflect and uh, draw our awareness within and and what do we want to plant seeds for for the future like what where are we going to plant our seeds for the future and how are we going to move with what is which is in flux right now we don't know what the new world or what this new the new globe is going to be looking like. And so the only thing we really have control over is actually how we're showing up on a day-to-day basis. And that really comes back to using, you know, feng shui and looking at geomancy and uh, looking at your intuition and listening to that voice that wakes you up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, those areas that don't feel right energetically, um, that, you know, those, those, uh, insights that you're getting or those senses that you're getting to really honor and and follow those and trust in themselves because you're your best own you're your best own governance you're your best own advocate for yourself as a woman and even for your family so you kind of you know putting putting yourself back as a woman into the heart of where of the dynamic of family to be able to lead and guide on what this next cycle, what this next new, what this next world looks like. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So can you share, we're going to wrap it up soon, but can you share with the listeners something that they could do right now to feel more resourced within? Mm. Um, something that you do or something that, you know, works your clients or it's it would be as simple you can get as simple as you want as simple as taking a breath you can just purely taking a breath it allows you to step away from the external and truly be within your own body you can do that with yogic breathing breathing into your belly um, to allow you to get centred. Or you could do something as simple as decluttering something in your home, uh, which allows you to have more clarity and allows you to see what's going on (laughs) because you're not, you don't have all this noise, this external energetic noise out around you that um, can be giving you so many different 
messages, external messages that just don't align with what's going on. Um, yeah, so there's so many different ways. You could just go and sit in your backyard and be with nature. So my big thing and the reason why I do this type of work on a grander perspective is I want people to be connected, connected with Mother Earth and connected with spirit. And it's all the same thing at the end of the day. <laughs> Nature is spirit. Um, and having an, a connection and an understanding and a communication towards your surroundings and with your surroundings allows you to be even more connected with spirit, even more connected with yourself. So you can do that in so many different ways within your home and it just simply sitting in your home and acknowledging your house to sitting outside and being in with nature. It's all about connection. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I think when we get overwhelmed and in that trauma response, which is what we see a lot happening right now, mm. so we forget that we can just sit where we are mm. and breathe or go into the backyard. You don't need, you don't need much. You can actually sit on the, on the grass or you can just put your feet on the grass if you, you know, you don't like the grass. You know, you, know, you can actually, and then just breathe and look mm. at the trees and hear the birds. Yeah. A beautiful thing. Beautiful practice to do. Yeah. And look, some people think that they can't meditate or they, you know, they're too in their heads or it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's just observing. You know, you just look at the plants, listen to the birds, you know, and you are there. <laughs> you don't have to do much else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because we are, and we are so connected to our environment and to the world and to other beings as well. Mm. We're learning a lot about animism right now and yes. other, you know, elements as beings too. And that kind Absolutely. of always, always new innately, but kind of blows my mind still. It gets me excited. But yeah, connecting with the other beings, the plants, the animals, the soil, the air, the elements, the directions. There's so many different ways that you can really just just feel resourced within feel supported and connected supported yes because it, when you understand that you you are part of the environment um you're not separate to it and you said you know there's those other beings um around energetically and that's the type of stuff that i work with geomancy um with geomancy um it's knowing that you're actually aren't alone even though you are <laughs> it's like you have so much support even if that support doesn't look like your normal you know um partner or mother or you know uh people that you work with um it can come from different sources it can come from your surroundings i think you know once you read it within and hearing you speak right then I can really feel that even for myself, that confirmation that when you're rooted into your resources and you're, you're, in, you're feeling connected within, you never actually feel alone, like ever. And yeah. I remember a time even like before that was really clear that there was a sense of loneliness or that I didn't belong. Or, and I see that too with other, other women as well. But once you're connected in and you're rooted right in, 
there is no disconnect. There is no alone. There is no isolation. There is always a presence and a connectedness and support and energy and other beings around you that you can really lean into and enjoy. Yeah. And it's exciting and it's like magical. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, this is so like cool. Yeah. Uh, so those listening, I know that you're running your e-course right now. Did I see that you're running a new course early next year in January? Yeah. Anyone who wants to access your work and wants to uh, work with you or find out more, yeah. Yeah. So um, I've just launched the very first round of Return Home, um, which the name in itself means to return home to your physical home, but also internally. So being internally referenced. Um, And I'm running it again. I'm doing another live round in January. I don't have a date just yet, but January, I find January a really great time that people are at home just after that holiday period and they're in that mode of doing things with their home and, you know, restoring or being able to faff about their space. So it's a really good time to do it. It's also at the end of the Chinese astrological year because the Chinese New Year actually starts on the 4th of February Uh, every year or the fifth depending Um, but it's that end of year sort of clearing out that old energy and really setting yourself up for the the year ahead and so you can come and have a look on my website Uh, I have a page there with all the information on I'm really hands-on I can't sit back and just (laughs) like let the course run. I'm in there in that Facebook group that we all, that we have as well. Um, And I've now changed our Facebook lives to zoom classes because I, I really need to see your face and I need to have a conversation with you. I can't just like talk to comments on Facebook. It just doesn't work. So um, I like to see how, everyone's doing the work and getting really great results or moving through some challenges that always is going to come up and um, knowing how to navigate that for themselves. So yeah, uh, jump on my website, reneelongworth.com and there'll be links to return home online course. And yeah, I'm so excited about this work. excited for you it looks amazing i have yet to jump in because i yeah i've yet to jump in but i'm sure that i'll be looking at that for january yeah um, but I'll, I'll link everything to your one-on-one work as well as uh yeah. your work if people want to um yeah look at you know working with you in relation to how their home is feeling and the land's feeling and how they're feeling and and how you can help them to really move more back into flow and, and feel connected uh, within themselves. So I'll put the link and everything in uh, at the bottom of the podcast, link it to the podcast so they can find your work. Um, I've really loved, Renee, chatting with you today and sharing this space. It's been so, it's been actually fun. And listening to you, I'm kind of quite mesmerised by your knowledge and 
and your um, reverence for the work that you do and the way that you're presented and the love that you have for the work is just really inspiring and it's really such an honour for you to, you know, to share the space with me today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Resourced Woman podcast series. You can subscribe to the series at www.brianiemontgomery.com to receive episodes and series updates straight into your inbox. Thanks for listening. Until next time, bye for now.